All right, everybody, thanks so much for joining today. This is, um, as I think most of you have, have heard, this is DeFi Alpha speaking, um, the project leader to Mommy Finance. And we are on today for an AMA with the Layer 2 DAO. Um, they're a very interesting project, and we're going to learn more about them. Um, before we get into that, let me um, share a little bit about our new podcast. Um, I think as many of you know, this is our first um, episode of Arbitrum Insider. And we are really excited about this podcast. Um, we, we're going to make it a regular bi-weekly event. Um, as you know, I think a lot of you know, um, Arbitrum is a very fast-growing, um, very promising layer two scaling solution of Ethereum. Um, and it's been attracting a growing ecosystem of native DeFi projects and, you know, and other types of projects um, in recent months. Um, it's become more and more active and it's, it's attracting more TVL and users. Um, Arbitrum is our home network um, at Umami Finance. We are a native Arbitrum project. And, you know, we thought that it would make sense given our role in the network where we work very uh, closely in partnerships with uh, many great projects on Arbitrum to start um, sharing a little bit about what's going on here um, at Arbitrum with the, with the general community, um, Arbitrum and just sort of crypto Twitter at large. So, you know, our first inaugural episode is with the Layer 2 DAO, as, uh, as I shared earlier, and I will give a very brief summary um, of them and then um, turn it over to, uh, to the team from Layer 2 DAO. Um, but before we get into that, I did just want to make, you know, a brief comment. We um, had actually considered, you know, possibly rescheduling this, uh, this podcast in light of some of the geopolitical events today um, with respect to um, Russia and Ukraine. Um, and our hearts go out to everyone who is in any way affected by that conflict. Um, we, we thought about rescheduling. We decided, though, that you know, we wanted to respect the time of people who had, you know, set aside time from their day to listen to this. So we are going to go through with it. But um, just wanted to, you know, share that we're very mindful of, of what a lot of people are going through. So, you know, our, our thoughts are with um, people who have been affected by this. And with that, um, let me, uh, let me introduce the, uh, the layer two DAO team. Um, and I think layer two, I think you need to uh, request to speak and then I can call on you. Um, but while you guys get ready to do that, I will share um, just a little bit of, of context um, about Layer 2. They're a, Layer 2 DAO is a relatively newly launched um, project. They launched via an airdrop um, just, uh, just a few weeks back. And they have you know, some very similar views to us. Um, about the future of Arbitrum and Layer 2s in general. And with that, um, let's hand it over to, uh, to you guys. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm, I'm uh, Dow Train. I'm the Business Development and Treasury Management Officer for the Layer 2 DAO. Um, we have EXO, who is the lead project and uh, kind of co-conspirator, I guess you will, of, of, of cooking this up and making sure that we um, did our research right and, and working through the... Um, the code and and I I make myself very clear that I'm not a coder and I, I rely upon them to to know the system but I, I've done a 
decent amount of M&A and development in multiple different projects uh, over time. So they, they brought me on board to, you know, kind of be able to continue to delve deep into the, the alpha and, and give uh, projects the good ones over. Exo? Yeah, and I'm Exosphere, so I'm the project lead. I'm a um, longer-term crypto-native person who's, uh, who runs actually uh, several businesses in this space. Um, I operate a validator business and an infrastructure business, so we are heavily involved in the back end of, of the crypto space and keeping the blockchain running. Um, and so we are obviously very excited about, about the Layer 2 ecosystem and um, what, it, what it offers to the Ethereum and not just people that are using Ethereum, but really the future of worldwide commerce and banking and you know the use cases are 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 are, are endless. So um, this is our our participation, our opportunity to help grow the ecosystem, to build a vehicle for investors to get exposure to different projects in the ecosystem, and to um, really uh, ride basically give people exposure to to the whole whole space as it as it grows. Um, since you know there's so many moving parts that um, we figured let's build a DAO, let's get the community involved, let's turn this over to the community, hopefully sooner than later, so we can build this vehicle for um, people that, are, that want to uh, build wealth through the layer two ecosystem to do so. Great, thanks so much guys. And maybe just to sort of kick off our discussion, you know, I think one of the things that, um, you know, our respective teams, you know, felt very aligned on from the start was our, our bullish views on Arbitrum Network um, and just the sort of general mainnet to layer two migration thesis. Um, but wanted to hear your guys' perspective on that. Can you sort of share a little bit about, I mean, you know, layer two DAO, it's in the name. So, so why... Why are you so bullish on layer twos and what is your view of, you know, what the drivers of growth are going to be for these chains? You know, these yeah. are great, great thoughts, man. And these are, I you know, just want to echo again how much we are um, excited about this, but are right now forefront of mind as I, you know, news is flashing across my screen right now that just my heart is out to those uh, currently affected and that will be affected by this. It is, it is troublesome. To, to hear it, um, you know, and meanwhile, the, we, we do need to be marching forward and ever prevalent in the change of the ecosystem in both finance and economy is the, you know, the progression um, that we're seeing today with layer two. And, and um, I've been on Ethereum for a, a long time and, and it was um, it was great. And then it was expensive. And anybody who was experiencing trying to make transactions in the last 24 hours um, is is probably well aware of the benefit of layer two, and it's both its speed to transact as well as its um, uh, ability to minimize the, the gas fees. And that's where you know it becomes an interesting conversation. You know, you have so many chains that have developed in the last three four years 
that each one, you know, as they launch says, well, this is an ETH killer, this is an ETH killer. And then they get the, the, the transaction volume that just destroys their ability to actually um, handle in, 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 handle any sort of, of uh, high quality app or, 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 or development in, in the ecosystem. And, and one of the things that makes Layer 2 so exciting is you're still using the backbone, but you're doing it in such a way in a roll-up that that allows for the transaction to to be a part of the ecosystem, but minimizing the costs and, and increasing the speed. And one of the things that makes a mass development of a currency or an ecosystem um, will be the onboarding and the ease of use by the average consumer. And right now, we are so way early to the average consumer. It's not even funny. The average consumer can't dream of going from uh, a centralized exchange into DeFi and getting into layer two right now because it's there is just so much um, knowledge and ownership and responsibility that they have to take. And they're so used to having everything spoon fed to them by the fiat currency system that costs them an arm and a leg without them knowing it costs them an arm and a leg and realizing that they don't as we educate and bring people through this space and uh, create the exposure and as it grows, uh, it's just a natural tendency for something like Layer 2, which we're really excited about, to become the forefront um, a as its governance and its ability to do so at a quicker speed and, and transact, um, um, you know, high volume of transactions uh, makes it really exciting to be a part of and be on the ground floor. And, and one of the things that we chose Arbitrum for was the fact that it is, um, you know, established, well, uh, well-established product. It already has, uh, you know, several uh, dev apps going. It's already got several protocols and projects moving uh, and the space is growing. And it's one of the largest L2 chains currently out there. So it made sense to make that kind of our home. Um, but yeah, we are supporting not just Arbitrum, and that's our focus right now is because that's where we've landed. But we're, we're really wanting to help develop the cross-chain uh, ecosystem between all L2s, because I think they all have a home in what we can be working with. And uh, I'll jump in here. Uh, DeFi Alpha, I really appreciate you touching on what's happening in Ukraine right now. And while it's easy to be like, this is really all consuming, you know, turn on any news channel and that's all you see. I had to remind myself as I'm watching the news coverage, how much of that actually touches crypto. If we look at the news coverage and we're looking at these long lines at ATMs, people getting ready to flee the Ukraine over to Western borders and they're just trying to get some cash uh, to go and how they're beholden to these machines that need to be uh, stacked with cash that uh, might break when the power goes out. They're not going to work anymore. Um, and basically, they, these people might just be stranded without any money at all. And, and the solution that crypto brings to this in, in the form of a decentralized network that functions, as long as the internet lives, then crypto lives. And these networks, these blockchains will keep on rolling and people will have access to their money. That is really important. But not just on the Ukrainian side, also on the Russian side, because you know, just a few weeks ago, we heard these news reports that Russia really is embracing crypto. Um, I, I saw a report earlier this month that Russians hold 12% of the total crypto supply. So they're big adopters, um, but the government is obviously in tune with that as well, because as Russia is going to get sanctioned more and more, crypto allows them to circumvent some of those sanctions and continue to operate businesses and financial transactions, even if they're being shut out of the international fiat banking system. 
So it's important to remember that technology morally is neutral, at least that's one school of thought, and that it really helps, can help people on both sides. You know, you got refugees, you got people that are fleeing their country that will, that with crypto can have access to their money anywhere in the world. Um, but uh, at the same time, other countries that are um, aggressors can use crypto to evade sanctions. Now, one, one backbone of the whole thing and how we're tying this back to L2 is the fact that decentralization is paramount in this. But there's such a big range of decentralization in, 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 in the blockchain space. We have obviously Bitcoin, the most, most decentralized cryptocurrency after that Ethereum. But if we go down the alt L1s and the stack, we go to Avalanche and Solana, which have about a thousand validators. You go into a Cosmos SDK blockchain and we're dealing with 50 to 200 validators. You gonna go down to BSC or Polygon and we're talking a dozen validators. The decentralization and with that, the ability for that blockchain to remain up and neutral and a backbone for people in any situation to access their funds is super important. And so Ethereum being, aside from Bitcoin, the most decentralized smart contract chain, if you want to consider Bitcoin a smart contract chain, is um, is, is critical here. But the, the limitations of the throughput of that chain is a, a massive issue because it's, it just cannot become the backbone of, of the world's financial needs if we're only dealing with 15 transactions per uh, or a, a block every 15 seconds. So this is where L2s come in. And the only way Ethereum can become the backbone of the world's population for their financial needs and many other use cases is through L2. And removing that execution layer off of the primary L1 blockchain and moving it to these scalable L2 solutions. And that's where we find ourselves today. And so we look at Bitcoin Lightning Network, for example, already allows microtransactions that are way faster than transactions on the primary chain. We're seeing a lot of L2 solutions in the Ethereum space trying to solve that as well. Numio is another example of an L2 solution that's trying to do uh, very inexpensive, very fast peer-to-peer uh, -peer transactions. And there's, of course, many others like ZK Sync that are offering that as well. And um, as we look at the macro situation of a, a war looming, potentially a greater war, and there being millions of ref refugees, let's keep in mind what we're working on here, what our community is working on in the L2 space will have immense effects and uh, benefits to the lives of millions of people if we can execute on this properly. Yeah, that's something. Uh, thank you so much um, to both of you for, for sharing those thoughts. And you know, that's... Uh very much the the view that we share as well and you know i think you both um hit it on the head that you know it, within that sort of macro trend from mainnet to l2s um you know we you know at umami and, and i think you know l2 dao clearly as well where we are particularly bullish on um arbitrum and you know i think that as both of you alluded to i mean what what really matters here is functionality for for real people, for users. And, you know, right now, obviously, sort of the most um, robust um, available products um, in crypto, you know, not just Arbitrum, but, you know, across chains tend to be in, in DeFi. Um, and, you know, there's good reasons for that. And we think that's probably one of the most important areas to, you know, continue to develop uh, decentralized blockchain technology. Um, but, you know, I think what's, what's critical to 
really catalyzed that migration to L2s is, is having a critical mass um, in the ecosystem on, on whatever L2 chain is in question. And so, you know, for us, um, Arbitrum is exciting for that reason. Um, you know, we have lots of native projects as well as, you know, many mainnet projects migrating over to Arbitrum. Um, and so there is a lot of available functionality, um, you know, with high level of security, but, you know, a fraction of the gas fees of mainnets kind of opening it up to, you know, the general public, as opposed to people who, who can afford $100 worth of ETH on every transaction. Um, so I think the question that I, I wanted to pose to you guys, though, is, you know, obviously L2 DAO has a um, sort of if an investor's approach in a sense to um to the network in that you know i know that you guys want to kind of actively support different projects on arbitrum um and be sort of a benevolent um holder and participant you know in in governance for for different projects if you know correct me if i'm misunderstanding but you know i think the idea would be to have a dao that supports the arbitrum community and, and is governed by the arbitrum community um but I think within that, I was just curious to hear from you sort of what what you guys, what approach you take when you're assessing sort of what kind of project you might want to partner with or, you know, make some sort of, you know, token swap or other form of, you know, capital deployment. How do you guys assess a project um, on Arbitrum or another L2 and sort of what type of, can you describe sort of the goals when you build out um, L2DAO's portfolio a little bit for listeners? Certainly. So there are a number of aspects that go into kind of selecting that next project, so to speak. And that's, you know, it's a common question we're getting right now. And as we've launched, you know, our focus has been on the airdrop, exposing ourselves to the community, um, getting the information out there, uh, you know, getting the roadmap clarified and, and, you know, finding those first projects to partner with. But it comes down to our basic basic thesis, which was find the need, find the hole and fill the need. And there are so many opportunities within the layer two community on Arbitrum and, and, and the various other layer twos that, that there are need for applications. I mean, just in, in token swap and creating, you know, a, a, an escrow agency and, and, you know, all the way down to gaming and, and, you know, everybody that the pay to earn gaming is a, you know, a, a billions of done billions of dollar industry that is continuing to find its way through other chains. And, uh, you, you know, you've seen, um, you know, uh, Treasury move over here to, to Arbitrum from Polygon. You, I think you'll see more uh, game systems move to, to the L2 chain simply because it's a, a ability to enact the transactions and, and handle the, the bandwidth is going to be massive. But there's also real world applications we're going to be looking for in Oracle. There, there's going to be you know opportunity to build out not just, you know, um, and we have to avoid, you know, we're going to have to do the research as people want to, to launch and create their their farms. It's like, hey, you know, we're not interested in, in, in participating in the next, you know, uh, you know shitcoin farm. Well, what we are interested in is, you know, a quality development team, which is one of the things that really attracted us to Umami and what you have been able to create with your um, your token and your uh, tokenomics 
Um, it's, it's the idea behind creating real value for investors and how we can turn that in, you know, you know if you think about this as a, as, a, as a fund that's going to be the angel investor or the VC investor and many other projects across the L2 chain, and, and we want to be able to seek out those projects and have those relationships. And in order to, to find them, you've got to reach the community and, and you've got to be in the community. And so we are. We're establishing our relationships within each of these chains having conversations with the different protocols, finding the need of where they have small projects that are, have reached out and saying, hey, we're, we're starting to grow that may be too small for, uh, for an Arbitrum to want to directly invest in, but it's a needed project. And so we'll go through that process of the due diligence. You know, who's your dev team? What are you trying to do? What's the problem you're trying to solve? What is, what is the need you're trying to fill? And, and, you know, just creating a token to create a token isn't going to be good enough for us to be interested. We, we want to know that it's actually going to solve a problem and create value for, um, for its token holders long term, as well as have some real um you know, meat on the bones for the development of, of layer two. Great. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we, uh, we think similarly, um, you know, in some of our, our partnership arrangements as well, you know, we always look for sort of long-term um, partners where it's not just a matter of a sort of one-off, you know, superficially, lucrative deal for our holders, but ideally something where we can kind of work hand in hand to, to really develop the Arbitrum ecosystem. Um, you know, I think that some of your comments um, are kind of a good segue to talking a little bit about what Umami and uh, Layer2DAO um, announced earlier today. I think most of you on the call probably um, read, you know, whether it's our tweets or, you know, the blog post that, um, you know, we've put out um, kind of announcing that we are, we're doing a partnership with, uh, layer two DAO. Um, and, you know, maybe I will actually hand it back to, uh, to our friends on the layer two DAO side to talk about it a little bit, but I think we'd be, would you guys mind just kind of sharing, you know, both the nature of the partnership, but also sort of why you see it as, as value additive for, for both communities as well as Arbitrum generally? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to talk to the, I think the macro pieces that we've been talking about, not just what we've executed on today, but the, the, the goal is to, um, achieve a longer-term partnership, and what Umami has been willing to do, which is great for uh, you know an incubated company that's just coming out. That that one of the things that we need to establish is one viability um, that we're not a rug pull. That we're you know we're an actual group of of educated and and dedicated team members that are trying to create value. And part of that is is finding that first project to take a risk and and make it make yourself known and getting out there in a, in a space like this to um, have these conversations. And what we've done here is the project has to have some liquidity, right? Well, an initial liquidity amount was put in. It was very small as we started the airdrop. Um, you know, we don't want to, what we're trying to do is get wallet holders, people who believe in the vision of where, where we're going, not just create a quick 13, 25 bucks for people to walk away with and say, yeah, I got my, my airdrop from being on layer two finally. Um, and, and, when it became clear that Arbitrum was not going to create their token, this became a great spot for us to land in. And it provided us an opportunity to work with Umami in this particular case in, okay, we need to, we need to have some real liquidity put out there. And so uh, through 
<laughs> lots of hours, and lots of time on a bigger picture that we hope to become very clear in the next you know, couple of weeks as we uh, deepen this relationship. They were willing to put forth uh, you know, some ETH to create that next pool on, on Uniswap, which I think is going to be fantastic to, to kind of pair with what we've got on SushiSwap. Again, increase our exposure. Um, we have others that are, are, are looking for an opportunity to buy that weren't able to, to get in on the initial airdrop because they um, you know, hadn't migrated to L2 and, and or had used different bridges. They hadn't used the native bridges. So this is an opportunity that once we start providing some uh, better liquidity, we'll give them an opportunity to buy the token without you know, ramping up and, and, and artificially inflating the token price just to have it rugged out from under them by airdroppers who come in and, and then sell out. So um, I love their the new unique tool that Umami has put together to allow uh, you know allow the the kind of the tightening of the range and, and kind of slowly and in a controlled fashion really increase the amount of liquidity. So it was entirely um, a vision put forth by Umami and I really appreciate their team uh, putting the work in and, and putting that down uh, and getting it out there because I think it's um, for us long term. It's going to create value for our DAO. It's an investment in our in our ecosystem of what we're doing, and in in turn by creating value in our DAO and the fact that Umami is now a token holder is also going to see that rate of return. And then we're going to incent that liquidity and, and we're going to continue to to uh, incent people to believe in the DAO and, and to stake their liquidity um, and get a rate of return as we grow. And we're continuing to look for that next project. What are some ways that that DAO can continue to generate income streams? It's not just about holding a token. We want to be able to long-term uh, generate uh, true wealth and a true income stream coming back to our, our DAO treasury holders. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that. That's a, that's a great summary. And um, I think, you know, I, I might use this actually just as an opportunity for to talk a little bit about some aspects of it that we're um, particularly excited about um, at Umami. And, and there are several. And I think the first is, um, as, as you guys alluded to, you know, Umami just recently, it was uh, last, uh, it was over the weekend, we announced... Um, that we're launching this new platform for migrating liquidity um, on Arbitrum to Uniswap V3. Um, and, you know, this is sort of an example of, of the kind of, uh, you know, partnership-based ecosystem building that we want to do more of. Um, Uniswap V3 is, is a pretty, um, pretty incredible and pretty advanced DEX um, platform that, that really does allow for um, projects to establish liquidity um, in their LPs um, using you know far less capital because because Uniswap V3 is so capital efficient, um, but it, it always takes a bit of a push to initiate kind of the the broad based migration to a promising new um, platform that that sometimes you know needs to happen to to allow people to really freely adopt it and make use of it and um, you know, that's that's where sort of we were hoping that with our, our combination of protocol owned liquidity um, and then also the expertise that we have on board um, with uh, Stephen T. He's our um, active manager. He's the co-host with us, actually. Um, you know, we, we felt that we would be you know well positioned to you know help set up um, new projects on on Unity three. And, you know, we as, as I think um, L2DAO alluded to. 
it's particularly valuable for smaller projects because, you know, getting that initial liquidity that you need for people to be able to freely trade in and out of your token can be one of the bigger hurdles to, uh, to being able to really launch and establish yourself on a chain. Um, and luckily with, you know, Unity 3, because of the, the capital efficiency and the concentration of liquidity, the, that hurdle is much lower. Um, so, you know, we were excited to, you know, so soon after rolling out the platform, be able to kind of put that in action and find, you know, a great partner project that, you know, could kind of make, make use of that, um, that value add. So we're, we're excited about that. And to, uh, um, to some of the points that, um, the team at layer two DAO just made, you know, we, we also, we really are interested in, you know, building these partnerships that are that are more than just the initial terms of the deal and i think what's exciting with l2 DAOs, as they mentioned us being able to provide them with liquidity on uniswap gives their partners because they're in discussions with other teams the ability to you know possibly move in to you know l2 DAO in in you know a little more freely and structure some um potential deals that might have been more difficult before that liquidity was established and you know that creates a virtuous cycle for us because now, you know, we're, we have this, this partner that themselves is building new connections, which in turn can create more sort of broad-based um, multipolar ecosystem collaborations that we can participate in. And I think, you know, our, our long-term goal is to really see um, cross-utility between, you know, different partnered Arbitrum projects tokens um, kind of emerge in this, you know, sort of mutual self-supporting way, you know, mutually supporting way. So we could imagine sort of future collaborations with L2DAO um, down the line um, that kind of give, you know, both of us more, more tools for, you know, allowing our communities to interact with, the, with each other, you know, possibly more cross-liquidity between the Umami and L2DAO token, um, perhaps, you know, various forms of utility um, between our project and between you know, the RV's finance project and L2DAO that kind of benefit all holders. So that's, I think, what's so great about blockchain is, is the freedom with which, you know, these sorts of um, collaborations can be, can be built and scaled, you know, to, to new levels very quickly. So, you know, we're very excited about it. Um, I think we're at, you know, about four o'clock uh, Eastern time. Um, first, I just want to ask um, Layer 2 Dad, do you guys have anything else that you want to add? If not, maybe we can open it up to questions from listeners. Uh, this is Exo. I want to chime in and just say, give you guys big kudos for being an early mover in the liquidity space in the, in, on an L2. We've seen a lot of innovation happen on mainnet, but it's currently pretty uh, consolidated there with new innovative projects like TokenMark and others, but they're as we just you know we just went through this process of launching on an l2 uh, and launching a token and we quickly realized wow the, the infrastructure just isn't here yet and uh, building liquidity is is fairly hard when when some of the tools uh, the tooling that exists on mainnet just doesn't exist on the l2s yet and so kudos to your team for um, finding discovering that 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 gap and and pivoting to offer that um, that service offering, um, it's you know it's a it's great to see teams pivot quickly and when they see a, a, an open opportunity, and we saw that with Umami, which really got us excited about partnering with you, because you really are contributing to 
um, the the move of liquidity from mainnet to um, to Arbitrum, which is critical to building this ecosystem here. And uh, one other note, you know, where we talked a lot about Arbitrum, and we launched on Arbitrum because it is has the highest number of active wallets out of all the L2s. And so for us to launch a token meant that this is the place where most people can most easily access it. But we are, as a DAO, thinking beyond Arbitrum. So um, we are, you know, in the next week, we're going to launch a uh, NFT airdrop with Quixotic on Optimism. We're talking to other application-specific L2s. Um, so as a DAO, while we're, we started in Arbitrum, um, you know, our goal really is to boost the entire L2 ecosystem. And there will be winners and there's losers uh, for sure. But this is the, the the process of innovation that it takes. And we're excited to be part of it. And we're grateful for Umami for, for helping innovate in the space. Great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. So I, I did want to um, open it up to the listeners. Does anyone have any questions um, for our um, our guests here, uh, Layer 2 DAO? Or for... Umami, either way. Just going to give a couple minutes to the audience. All right. Um, You know, hey, Stephen T., um, are you in a... Oh, wait, Aiken here is... uh, Oh, we hear some requests. Okay. Hey, do you have a question? Hi, Aiken. Do you uh, have a question? Good evening. Can you hear me all right? Yep. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, first of all, uh, thanks for uh, pulling me up here. I uh, I just uh, joined the Discord of uh, Layer 2 now. So uh, there's that. Uh, I, was, I was just wondering if, if we could also kind of address the elephant in the room uh, when it comes to Arbitrum. Um, are there any talks yet with um, with TreasureDAO at this moment? Or have there been any talks so far with them? Perhaps in terms of... Is that of for Layer 2 or Umami? I'm sorry? Is that, are you directing that for a Layer 2 or Umami? Oh, I, I was actually uh, orienting it to uh, Layer 2 in terms of collabs, in terms okay. of... Uh, well, not just collabs in terms of whitelist or anything like that. <laughs> no, I was, I was right, well, thinking more, more in terms of uh, actual tokenomic uh, collaborations. Awesome. Yeah, so Larry, do you have an answer? Uh, they are definitely on the list, um, but it is not something we have engaged them directly with a conversation yet, but happy to do so. Um, you know, it's one of those projects that is, is getting a lot of attention and would love to find a way to support them. Well, in that case, uh, there's someone, if you look just uh, in the, uh, call it there, room, right. If you look in the room here, just a little bit down, you'll see Sisu. He's actually part of the uh, Treasure DAO. So um, feel free to, uh, to, to hit him up, uh, as they say, for, uh, for a pleasant conversation. Happy to. Uh, thanks. If the Cesar want you want to DM me on uh, or, or send me a tweet, that'd be great. Um, I'm happy to have that conversation. Other than that, I just wanted to applaud you uh, for um, well for, for coming into the Arbitrum uh, space 
and uh, definitely looking forward to what later to uh, later to Dao Bediat will uh, will bring. Have a splendid evening. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing that, and we love seeing uh, the 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 business development happening even during the podcast. That is that's the kind of energy we we like to see. Um, let me uh, invite up the next question. Um, JD Tiger Seventeen, fire away. Just to let you know, you're muted right now, JD Tiger Seventeen. <laughs> but, uh, Apologize, guys, for my first times on Spaces. Um, so my question's here for Mommy in general. Um, I'm very interested in the idea of investing in a group that invests in Game Five for me. Um, so I'm just curious on if there's any developments on that side of um, the Umami project right now that you guys are willing to share. Um, and if not, I'll just wait for the next one. Thank you. That's a, that's a great question. And what I can definitely do is just share a little bit of our philosophy around this. Um, and, and it's really not fundamentally different from how we think about other investments, um, except that we actually have some unique um, advantages. So, you know, we have done some GameFi plays in the past, and to be honest with you, some of them have not worked out well for us. And, you know, we've done, you know, pretty deep sort of critical self-analysis on what happened there. And the conclusion that we've drawn, and this is really now kind of baked into our entire investing philosophy, is that we, we want exposure to great projects. We want exposure to the growth of the Arbitrum network um, and to, to GameFi as a theme. But we want to do so in a way where we are protecting our, you know, the, the underlying capital that we're putting at risk. So we, we don't necessarily like to deploy a lot of capital, even if it's a very exciting project, um, to put a lot of capital into, for example, um, you know, a small project's token directly. What we might, would rather do is find some way where we can support them. Um, you know, by building a product that's complementary to them or by taking, you know, core treasury assets of ours. Um, you know, sometimes it's Ethereum or, or Bitcoin, but, you know, whatever, whatever sort of core treasury holding we're very comfortable with and deploying that um, or pairing it in a way to, to support that project. So now what's pretty cool with GameFi in particular, um, and again, this is how we like to think about um, various investment plays that we make, is, you know, I think we have some neat competitive advantages, just like with Uniswap V3, where we had, you know, Stephen T's active management, hyperactive management capabilities um, that, you know, really helped us um, get an edge by, by building very customized um, liquidity pairs for our partners. With GameFi, we have, and I believe he is on this call, let me just do a quick, uh, quick skim, but we have Mr. Grumpy Pants, um, who is... Um, very well connected. I see him there. Um, hi, Grumpy. Very well connected with uh, the GameFi world. Um, he has connections with some key projects on the network. Um, and, you know, I think he is involved in a gaming guild. So, you know, when we have a relationship with a team member who has, you know, that kind of value that they can bring, you know, our interest is always going to be how do we do something unique and differentiated um, that protects our holders 
assets, the assets they bonded to our treasury. So we're not extending ourselves by putting a lot of capital at risk um, at something that is too volatile. But how do we instead kind of deploy our capital, deploy our dev team and their know-how and the unique sort of skill sets um, and connections of you know, team members to build something you know, really unique, you know, clear sort of value add within the space and then, you know, with much higher, more favorable risk reward profile, um, capitalize on that. So point being, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, not maybe dropping concrete alpha right now. But what I will say is, you know, we are in talks with some exciting GameFi projects on Arbitrum. We are in talks, you know, not about just buying some um, tokens, you know, off of exchanges, anyone can do that, but rather building something, some very unique um, product offerings that would generate fees, would let us, you know, put our capital to use in a, in a novel and sort of in a novel way with very favorable risk-adjusted returns. And and you know, stay stay tuned. Um, these are not our game five plays are not going to be probably the first thing we roll out, but um, mm-hmm. they are in the works. Cool. All right. Hey, I appreciate that information. Uh, the only follow up I would um, ask on that is. Uh, and this is what I kind of got out of that, but and, and correct me if I'm wrong. You guys would say that your um, your investing approach when it comes to the products that you guys are trying to create here for whether it's in the GameFi world or, or just Umami Finance in general um, is you're looking for more of an income generating approach rather than a capital appreciation approach um, and definitely trying to keep that, you know, capital, that initial capital away from as much risk as possible. Um, I just want to make sure that that's that's the approach that I'm hearing from you guys, and that I'm I'm making sure that's right. Otherwise, um, you know, I missed a, I've missed a topic or two. No, that's that's a good good question, and it is a good formulation overall. I would say we agree. You're directionally right, and that is you know the type of philosophy we ha- we have. To be clear, we also believe that our portfolio is structured in a way that we are exposed to capital appreciation. But we do that cautiously, and we usually incorporate some hedging to at least strip out market risk so that, you know, while we do expect overall our portfolio to grow, you know, in terms of the the asset value with, you know, in tandem with the growth of the Arbitrum network, um, we would rather have a little slower, steadier um, growth so that we're protecting from that downside risk. And then yes, fixed income, huge component of our philosophy. Um, You probably know we have the Marinate V2 product rolling out this weekend that will pay 50% of our treasury revenues to um, long-term stakers through the the Marinate product. Um, And those treasury revenues, they're gonna be converted to wrapped ETH and paid out monthly. Um, So, Obviously, you know, given that that's sort of central to our tokenomics, we care very much about the fixed income component. So, yes, I, I, I broadly agree with you, but I just wanted to qualify. We do think we'll still get some good capital appreciation as well. No, that was, that's perfect. Exactly what I was looking for in an answer. So definitely appreciate that. Thanks so much. Awesome. Um, any other questions? Just give it a one minute. Well. I think that that um, that pretty much covers us. I know we're about forty-five minutes in. You know, we try to uh, keep it you know short and, and to the point with our podcast. But 
really want to thank um, Layer Two Dow for for joining us. Um, you know, I think we're both you know really enjoyed just getting to know the team. Um, you know, we I think one thing that both uh, Umami and, and Layer Two Dow um, I think we both gained some mutual respect for one another through the amount of rigor and you know back and forth and modeling and remodeling um, our tokenomics and our you know different proposals for how to structure a partnership. I just wanted to say you know in my experience working with you guys that focus you know that you guys had on on protecting um, your holders' token value on not diluting. Um, excessively, you know, or just really trying to avoid dilution um, of your your token, you know, even even when negotiating this deal with us that, you know, to start is still a relatively small deal. But that that kind of focus was something that, you know, impressed us. And it's something that, you know, we definitely um, try to bring as well, you know, with all of our asset deployments. So, you know, just enjoyed seeing that in another Arbitrum project. And um, yeah, do you guys have any closing remarks? I just thanks again for putting Together and uh, just an update on our airdrop. We, we do finish the airdrop, so for those of you who haven't been able to claim on the by the 28th, that's when, we're, when it's done. We've had almost 5,000 people uh, hold on to that claim, and almost 9,000 who have who have gone through that transaction already. So it's been uh, a, a good success for us in getting the exposure, and truly do appreciate. I echo your comments on um, going through that process. You know, being in the M&A world that I've done for 20 years. It, it can you can easily die, um, in, you know, in that the deals that oh go to the graveyard. But going through that process and being willing to find a solution um, to the problems and to the risks is is something that I enjoyed going through. Yeah, likewise. Well, thank you, thank you very much, guys, and um, thank you to all of the listeners. Really delighted um, with the uh, turnout today. This was you know our first um, Arbitrum Insider. Um, podcast of many to come. We are already uh, working to tee up a pretty exciting um, guest for our second podcast in two weeks, which we will be announcing soon. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, again, you know, big, big thanks to the Layer 2 DAO team. And let's, um, we will, we will touch base again in two weeks. Thanks, guys. <laughs>